thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You heard that content is king, Will. Wise content rules the world. Wise content is data intelligence-driven storytelling content created for promotional and sales purposes. It is the heart of modern marketing. And without it, digital marketers will fall behind their competition, lose connectivity with their customers, and ultimately fail at being profitable. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I am a marketing technology expert. I am also an award-winning content producer who's created many different types of content that have uh, been highly successful. I've, uh, I, lead a con- I lead content teams that produce thousands of pieces of content per month for Fortune 500 companies. My company is Galileo Tech Media, which executes on creating wise content and, and marketing campaigns. Today, we're going to ask the question, we can change the game. Can we change the game in content? But first, like most uh, episodes, I give a little history lesson on where content has impacted the world. In, in a, a woman born in 1364 in Venice, Italy, was named Christine de Pisani. And she was a medieval writer and historiographer who advocated for women's equality. Her works, considered to be some of the earliest feminist writers, writings included poetry, novels, biography, and autobiography, as well as literary, political, and religious commentary. De Pizan became the first woman in France and possibly Europe to earn a living solely by writing. In her writing, in its various forms, discusses many feminist topics, including the source of women's oppression the lack of education for women, different societal behaviors, combating a misogynist society, women's rights and accomplishments, and visions of a more equal world. De Pizan's work, through critical, though critical of the prevailing patriarchy, was actually well-received. It was also based on Christian virtues, virtue and morality. Her writing was especially strong in rhetorical strategies that have since been extensively studied by scholars. Her two two most famous works are the books, The Tale of the Rose, published in 1402, and The Book of the City of Ladies in 1405. The Tale of the Rose was a direct attack on Jean de Mion's extremely popular Romance of the Rose, a work about about courtly love that characterized women as seducers, which de Pizan claimed was misogynistic, vulgar, immoral, and slanderous towards women. She later published... Letters of the Debate on the Rose as a follow-up to the controversial debate. Although de Pazan's work was primarily written for and about the upper classes, the majority of the lower class women are illiterate, were illiterate, her writing was instrumental in introducing the concept of equality and justice for women in medieval France. Today, several hundred years later, it is still influential in scholarly thought. The 1979 artwork, The Dinner Party, by a feminist artist named Judy Chicago, features a place setting for Christine de Pizan. And that's, I think, the Brooklyn Museum, and I've seen it. It's a really wonderful piece. And in the 1980s, Sandra Heinemann's published a study of the political events referenced in the illuminations of Christine's published works. It's uh, It's an important to know that wise content has been around in influencing thought uh, for a long time. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's understanding of your audience and the, cult and, the, and, the, and the data of what's going on in your society at the time. Now we can just do it 
instantaneously <laughs> with uh, with uh, with a uh, uh, technology. But somebody knows a little bit about wise content and technology is my guest today. His name is Christopher Day. Uh, he is the CEO of Demand Jump, a marketing strategy platform for content marketing and SEO. He also hosts the podcast Page One or Bust, dedicated to getting your position on page one for your company. Uh, he is a serial entrepreneur, having founded nine companies, all in different verticals, with exits to companies including Comcast, Time Warner, Motorola, and National Water and Power. Hi, Christopher. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Joseph. Excited to be here. Great. I'm glad you're here. So you're based in Indiana. Indiana. Is that where you're from? Yeah. So based here in Indianapolis, Indiana, I grew up on a small little farm in the middle of nowhere, about an hour north of Indianapolis. Cool. You know, uh, I was I was born and mostly raised in the mountains of uh, Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. I was an Appalachian kid. But for three of my early years, you know, I I, I think it was kindergarten uh, and maybe even the first, into the first grade, I lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's so awesome. is, there some, is there something about Indiana that generates SEOs? <laughs> you know, I, I think a couple of high level things. Um, so number one, we, we had a, a company called Exact Target that grew up. Um, you know, they first started going around throwing business cards and fish bowls at dry cleaners, right, to create email lists. And they went on to have an awesome exit for about $2.6 billion they sold to Salesforce. And now Salesforce, their second largest physical presence in the world, is right here uh, in downtown Indianapolis across the street from our office. Um, and so I, I think that's one thing that really spawned a lot of marketing tech uh, here in Indianapolis. And then I, I, like to, I like to think about Indianapolis as the nation's nucleus. And there I talk about the nation's nucleus requires you know seven ingredients, and it's infrastructure, talent, mission critical industry, technology, and how it impacts those mission critical industries, cost of living, lifestyle, and regulatory environment. Well, listen, since I, uh, I, I had my, some of my formative years there, I can claim I, I, was, I came from the birth of the SEO uh, at, at the center nucleus. I'm fine with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you went to Purdue. What did you study there? Yeah, I went to Purdue. I was in the School of Technology and specifically majored in construction management. I, I thought I wanted to own my own general contracting company when I grew up. Um, and obviously, I took a much different path over time. But um, but yeah, that's what I majored in. You know, I uh, my dad was, uh, he was in Fort Wayne. He was working for Magnavon. So he was in, um, you know, chemical engineer working in like yep. technology for TVs and, and things. So, but he ended up uh, being a contractor in the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, you started your career at McDivitt Street Borbis, which I think is in North Carolina, right? Yeah, that- yeah. So McDivitt Street was based on, I think it was out of Charlotte. So Bobus yeah. came over and bought um, Lear McGovern, McDivitt Street, and I think one other company back in the day. And so when I joined uh, McDivitt Street Bobus, they were number five in the world as far as size for uh, construction management companies. And it was awesome. I had a blast. I did that the first four or five years out of school, um, built a couple of hospitals, built an airport. Uh, worked on a stadium for the Olympics in Atlanta. So had, had a lot of fun. That's fabulous. My brother is, you know, is a civil engineer. He's still in that game. So he's doing some things like that too. I hear the stories. It sounds like a blast, right? So yes. you, get to, you get to do a lot of interesting things. But then you jumped into founding companies. I think your first one was Navidar. What was that? So technically the first company that I started after I left uh, uh, Bovis was Starcom. So Starcom ah, okay. was a was a broadband company, and we operated cable systems, broadband systems in Indiana, Oklahoma, and Michigan. 
Um, we ultimately sold that to uh, Comcast. Uh, um, and then we had some other systems we sold to Time Warner. And then our customers came back to us and said, we've got these utility problems. Can you help us fix those? Long story short, we started Biostar Energy. We got into automated meter reading, uh, built a billing software, and we sold the technology off to Motorola and the uh, billing software to National Water and Power. And then um, also had a bottled water company during that stint, did some real estate development during that stint. And then like any good entrepreneur, you want to take a break. After 10 years, four different businesses, I thought I want to take a couple of years off. That lasted three months. <laughs> started uh, Navidar Group with a couple of partners, and that was an investment banking firm, and did that for about five years, did some merchant banking deals, dot-com deals, et cetera. And then um, I just, I missed sitting on the other side of the table. I was used to starting companies and building value and exiting those. And so that's how uh, we came to start Demand Jump. Cool. So, you know, like, yeah, like a serial entrepreneur, you've gone a lot of, uh, a lot of places. I, I, I sounds familiar to me. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, right? You know, of course, you know, trying to find out who, who you are yep. uh, and interesting things to talk. And I saw you have a patent, something called Technologies for Web Domain Ranking with Temporal Effects with Competitive Network Environments. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have a visual I'm going to show you that'll, that'll explain, I think, super, super succinctly. But at a high level, the internet was built for people to find any product, service, or information. It was not built for product, services, and information to easily find the people, the target buyer. And so we're flipping the internet just on its head, mm-hmm. right? So we all use Google or Bing, or whatever it is, some kind of a search engine, to go find things. And they want to give us the greatest experience they can give us. So they look for who they believe is the most relevant to serve that information to us. Well, we decided to flip it all on its head. And so the patent that you just described is based off of any topic, whether it's toothpicks, Ferraris, customer success software, CRM, coffee cups, it doesn't matter. You enter any topic in, and we understand all the most important questions and searches in the internet that are related to that specific topic. So all questions are not created equal. All searches are not created equal. So we under, we want to understand how things are connected. And then we unwind this to show marketers these are the most powerful actions you should take first. So that's what the patent's based on. And that was in 2000? I uh, know that was uh, about two years ago when that patent was awarded. Oh, really? I think okay. we started the process about, yeah. I thought I saw it instead of the, the, the year was 2000 on that. Maybe your LinkedIn profiles are wrong. I, was, oh, I early, should look at that. Yeah. I, that's pretty early for this concept. We were barely doing search. <laughs> right. Exactly. SEO at that time. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, and, and to your point, I don't think this was even possible until probably seven, you know, less than 10 years ago, right? We didn't no, have computational no. power. We didn't have database structures. You got to find the people to think about the problem differently. So it's been, it's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. That is exciting. So, uh, so you've done a lot of things. Um, so we're about to uh, get to the point of taking a break. So I don't want to start on a whole new uh, adventure, but what, 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 what would you like to tell us about your life outside of uh, business that you're most proud of? I know you're doing things like with women in technology. That's why I uh, did that little uh, yep. intro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm involved in, in multiple organizations. So um, women in technology, I've been lucky enough to be on a committee to help them find speakers and attend their events. Um, ITIA, the Indiana Technology Innovation Association, 
Uh, Tech Point is another nonprofit association here in Indianapolis. Um, so anything that just helps bring value to people. That's what that's, I, I'm excited about. What brings value to people's lives and also playing basketball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, cool. We're going to take the break now and then we're going to dig into uh, what you're doing now. With the All right. Sounds great. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest Christopher Day. So, Christopher, you claim to have discovered that marketing is the least served department in the organization with access to tools that truly truly help them with you know things like content and SEO marketing. Why do you say that? So every other department in the C-suite has a tool that they put finite data into. And then they run analysis around that, apply some BI, and they make better decisions. So you know, finance, operations, warehousing, sales, everybody, except for marketing. And the reason marketers can't do that is because you can't see, touch, and feel the internet. And I have no idea what you're actually thinking right now. Well, what if there was a way that we could deploy right these macro networks to understand what people are actually thinking? Because what goes in their brain comes down their arms, out their fingertips, onto a keyboard. And they ask all sorts of questions and they do all kinds of searches. And so if we can understand those at the macro level and how all that stuff is, is interconnected, then we can help the marketer shift from thinking through the lens of their domain expertise and what they think they should do, right, to attract their target buyer. And instead, look at it the opposite vantage point through the eyes of the target customer and align to that. Just a different way of thinking. 
So if you can identify what they're thinking about, why does content even matter? Couldn't you just do paid searches or serve ads to drive that traffic? Because nobody looks at paid search ads. Well, I shouldn't say nobody looks at paid search ads. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but the, the short story is people have pain and desires, right? They, they either want to they either want to solve their pain, right? Fix the pain they're having, or they want to seek some resolution to a desire they have, right? And so if you answer my questions, when I'm organically looking for something, if I'm in business mode, personal mode, you know, golfing mode, whatever my hobbies or whatever my professional business life is, if you're aligning to what I'm thinking at that moment in time, right? And your content shows up and I read, now you're building digital trust with me. Mm -hmm. we're, we're creating a digital connection. And so you're more likely to feel it in emotion evoked and want to learn more about what we're providing than you will someone else who doesn't show up or is not relevant to the pain or the, the desires you're seeking. Well, um, so, you know, the, it's, if you're going after their... Um, desires do you, do you think that um it's important for your content to be just available or is there a place for gated content we we personally believe that you should gate virtually nothing mm -hmm. um we just don't live in that world today i think you know that existed 10 years ago maybe um but the world we live in today with all the apps we have at our fingertips we're we are we expect instant gratification and so we like to say if you love it set it free 99 percent of the time um, the expectation is there should be zero friction with whatever I'm trying to engage in. So I, you know, one example I like to give is, you know, when I'm on Facebook and by the way, I think that they're listening to us right on through our TVs and through our phones, they have to be, because sometimes I never search for something and I start getting ads for it. It's a little creepy, but sometimes I'll click a Facebook ad because I am looking for, you know, blue jeans. Let's, mm -hmm. For example, I click the ad. And the first thing they ask from me is my email done. I'm out. You have, you've built no digital trust with me, right? And so I, I, I never move forward with those brands. So please, if you're one of those companies on Facebook that's requiring an email, when I click your ad, remove it. I am nine times more likely to buy from you if you don't require an email in a first interaction. It's insane. Now, you know, I, yeah, this is interesting. I, you know, I have another business uh, which is in the, the hospitality space and, 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 you know, and we do things called memorable experiences. And one of the things we're thinking about doing is a membership, uh, you know, heritage membership that includes a lot of physical benefits too. But one of them was to also create content that's only available to the membership. Is that a good idea? Sure. Yeah. There, there, there are places where content might only be available to a membership. Um, but if, if, if we're going to have that, then we better have a lot of content that builds a digital trust on why I would want to join that membership and get access to that premium content. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Should um, your gated content in, the, in that situation, should it be searchable by uh, uh, and found, findable like, you know, newspapers do via, you know, search engines or should it be too just totally gated and, and not accessible and a mystery until you actually become a member? So, so we believe there's, well, there's many types of content, many, many types of content, but we believe that there's two big, when it comes to digital, there's kind of two main purposes for content. One piece of content is it has nothing to do with what you're really selling or what you're trying to provide. 
It's pure alignment to pain and desire of the target market. And so you might not talk about anything around your product, right? And so that's what brings the people who are interested in whatever you're solving or selling or, or an organization membership. And then when they get there, that's when you show them, you know, what they could expect that's behind that wall. Cool. You know, when, um, when we talk about uh, marketing in general, you know, digital marketing specifically, you know, you know, attribution is a big, is a big subject. How can I attribute the value of my content beyond page views, rankings, and traffic? Yeah, that's a great question. And one that we're particularly excited about because so, so we're talking about can content create closed one revenue, right? Mm -hmm. After all, I meant that's the sole purpose of why we do marketing is we're responsible to ultimately drive revenue. And it, it took us quite a while to solve this problem, but we can now see for any piece of content that is produced and also for organic search terms, if that results in, what is that customer journey? What is that path? And did that result in driving closed one revenue? Yes or no. So mm-hmm. we, we found out, for example, that for the first several years of demand jump, we produced like 400 pieces of content. Once we cracked the code on understanding if it's actually driving revenue or not, we found that only three pieces of content out of 400 that we had written actually had any p- impact on revenue. Interesting. Now we can see that 10 pieces we write are impacting revenue. Well, how did you track the revenue to the specific piece of content? So, so our platform also allows us to connect to all different types of tools for our customers or even for ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so any kinds of, um, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and then other tools like Salesforce, HubSpot, Eloqua, whatever our company may be using, we use all of those third-party and first port, first data party resources to tie, to stitch together all of the data to understand throughout those touch points, was somebody reading the content that we're producing? Did they, did they look at that early in their journey? Was it top of funnel, mid funnel, end of funnel? And understanding what words, right, are more important than other words along that journey so that we can place those pieces of content in different places. Um, but that's how we do it. We connect all of those disparate tools together in one place. And it's a beast to model all that data together. It, it took us a couple of years to figure it out. Cool. I read a term, you know, when we're talking about this uh, called organic value waterfall. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so I, I think about the, the organic value waterfall as if, why do I market, right? Well, in theory, um, if I have a website, in theory, I want people to see that. So we think about it as, I should look at my top 100 rankings, right? That should be the leading indicator from my page one rankings. That leads to traffic. And what we really love is organic traffic. And then leads. In B2B, it'd be called leads. In B2C, you're just going straight to customers. But in the B2B world, you go from leads into customers, right? Winning more customers. And then my cost per lead. And what we find is when you're organically aligned in that organic value waterfall, all your paid efforts downstream will be reduced by as high as three and four X. Cool. So, you know, um, one of the things that I like to do and and my team that will do when we're doing SEO is to have a, you know, content hub topical cluster or content pillar. Do you find that those are still greatly useful in the SEO content marketing space? Yeah. I mean, in fact, we believe that's the future. In fact, we think people that haven't adopted this strategy, um, are already dead. They just don't know it. That's what we believe. Uh, so, so, so we call it, we like to call it pillar-based 
based marketing. Mm -hmm. And um, any given topic, right? Back to these these networks, right? This one's green and black, and this one over here is pink and green and black, right? Any given topic lives within a network of the network, which is the internet. And so if you understand the connectivity of, I'll just give you a couple of examples, like, you know, content marketing doesn't equal content strategy, doesn't equal content creation. They all have very different, unique ecosystems of, of word connectivity. And so if you don't understand what that looks like, then you're going to have a hard time creating really efficient marketing strategies. Cool. I, I will have to use this little segment. This, my team is like really upset. We have a client, fairly sizable, running a new SEO lead, and, and he doesn't want to do content pillars. And I'm like, he's nuts. <laughs> he yeah. he probably should try to figure it out quickly, or else he won't be there very long. That's just the he fact. Won't be there. No, it's driving us nuts, man. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you get those client roadblocks, and it's it sounds like, like we need to have an intervention with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. See, I could, I, you probably have stories. I have stories. Yes. Oh yeah. The, all the things that people invent that, uh, that have no basis in reality for making SEO. You know, I, I can't wait till there's going to be somebody that says we need to break out the incense and go around the computer. It's <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Oh, so what is the right volume of content needed to drive increased traffic and scale? Yep. So it, it depends on uh, on three things, complexity of the network, sophistic- sophistication of the competitors, um, and that pillar-based marketing approach that we just talked about. So here's be, here be a couple of examples. Uh, if you're going after like CRM or marketing automation, marketing attribution, these are highly, highly competitive global networks with really sophisticated companies. And so that could take 100 pieces of content or more. It's going to take at least 60 to 80 to get started, and you're going to be over 100. If you go to something like five gallon buckets, not as sophisticated in the manufacturing world. And so you might get there with 16, but you could also get there with one blog in things like venture studios. We have a customer and it's one blog because nobody's really going after venture studios. So it's, it's, it's kind of anywhere between hundred plus all the way down to, we have customers that get there with literally one blog overnight to page one. Well, fabulous. Well, we got to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about your content, and we'll, then we'll dig in a little bit about what your uh, software does. All right, sounds great. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Christopher Day. So, Christopher, you know, uh, a lot of companies say that, uh, seem to think that content creation doesn't work. Why doesn't it work for a lot of companies when they when they post for critical topics strategic to their business? So it can be lots of reasons for that, but we, we kind of boil it down and think about it in, in kind of three, you know, high-level reasons. Number one is marketers have been forced to kind of write from a position of domain expertise versus customer pain and desire. This is a, this is a mental shift, right? That's the biggest issue we see. Uh, the second one would be they, they market as if the world is flat, right? So they, they'll use traditional kind of old school SEO tools and download a bunch of keywords and sort them in a spreadsheet, which again leads back to a position of domain expertise. That's where the human brain just naturally goes to. I'm just going to talk about what I'm comfortable with talking about, which is typically my product or service. Mm-hmm. And third, when they do publish the content, they don't properly link it together on their website. Um, and so we, we kind of think about a best in class, you know, deployment of a pillar strategy is typically, you know, so one pillar, right? So that's the main topic, right? So you can be coffee cup or Ferrari or microphone or customer success software, whatever that main topic is. And then three subpillars that support that main pillar, and then 12 supporting blogs that link to the three pillars, subpillars that link to the pillar. And so we just found to get started. That's kind of like the optimum. Now, again, as we mentioned, for highly competitive things, you're going to end up with 100 pieces of content or more. Others, you might stop at 16. That's that's how we think about it. Well, how does uh, does your software help with that approach? So – so what our software does is you can enter in any topic in the world and you press a button and say, generate insights. And in 10 minutes, sometimes it takes three minutes, sometimes it takes six minutes, sometimes it takes 12 minutes. But I just basically say in 10 minutes, it maps the entire world around that topic through the lens of your target buyer, how they view your competitive network. So you and your competitors. And then, so that shows you all the most powerful questions for that topic ranked in order, all the most powerful searches for that topic ranked in order. And so, and it even goes to the most powerful websites if you're doing display and there's other things downstream, but we'll just stay at, at SEO content. So now I know that. So we just eliminated months of research mm-hmm. for marketers, eliminated. We've, we've taken hours, days, weeks, months of time and eliminated it and put it to 10 minutes. Now that marker can act much more strategically and know, stop guessing, and now know what actions they should take next that will move the needle. And then you click one more button and it automates the content brief. So now I want to write about a specific question. It automates the content brief. 
And so I can look at that content brief and say, okay, I'm going to write 700 words or 2000 words or however many words I want to write. But these are the things that I should include in this order to align to that target market that will put me in the best chance of getting on page one and staying there. Now, um, you know, we talked about, you know, a lot of people say they don't have success with content, right? Uh, and it doesn't drive revenue. And, you know, you, you, you identify that. How does your software help with them uh, dri- driving revenue? So, um, it, it, so I'll, I'll mention kind of a couple of things high level. Number one is the world's changed. And, and they might want to do a little reading um, if they don't think that content drives revenue. So number one is B2B customers, target buyers, 70% of them do all of the research and evaluation online. If you're not a part of that conversation, your odds of, of winning rapidly decline. And B2C, it's virtually 100%. And so people don't care about your brand. They care about their pain or their desires. And they, they want to explore and learn on their own. So if you put content in front of them that aligns to what's going through their brain in terms of questions and their searches that they've conducted, they are going to engage with you and read your content longer than anybody else's. We can see that in the statistics. So HubSpot produces these statistics and the average time on page is like 54 seconds of people reading your content. And it's, it's lower in, in B2C and it's a little higher a minute 20 in B2B. We see the content that gets produced from our platform. We see people reading that content as high as 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Why? Because it's aligned to what they're thinking. They're, they're curious and they want to engage. And so if you build content that aligns to what they're thinking, you are going to build digital trust and they are much more likely to engage with your sales team to buy. And then again, you can see in our platform, did that piece of content help drive to that close to one revenue? Now, you know, there's, there's uh, many types of, you know, there's, you know, when you're talking about inbound marketing, there's the, you know, there's different, you know, the old one was there's awareness and then there was, you know, research and then there was, you know, comparison and then there was negotiation and satisfaction it was a sort of a, one of the processes for inbound marketing. Do you produce content for all those places? Do you, you know, in a, in, in a sort of like, okay, this is transactional con, con, content, this is informational content. Do you, do you, are you involved in helping marketers make those decisions? Yes. So we do have the capability to separate, right? From awareness, right? All the way to decision mode. But the, the, the customer, you know, the company, they also need to like, we're going to bring them. Right? We're going to bring your target buyer to you. Now you got to convert them. And so, you know, there's little things such as we will look at their website and say, hey, you, you have no call to action bucket here, a, mm-hmm. a button here, right? And so there are some things of that nature that um, we, we've been conditioned for instant gratification in society today. And, and that and it started off with apps, right, in our personal world. That has now bled into, and there's no difference between us as a buyer when we go home at night or when we wake up in the morning and go into the office, we have the same mental mindset. And so we need, and even in the B2B world, you've got to make it easy for that person to buy and engage right there if they want to. So even though you've written a piece of content that might be more top of funnel, you need to have that immediate call to action so they can talk to a salesperson right now if they want to, like literally right now. And, and, and not go to another place and read some more. You have to give them off-ramps. Give them an easy on-ramp and give them an easy off-ramp to actually engage and start the buying process. Cool. 
So, um, so when you when you're talking to people that want immediate results, you you, you say that that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah. in the old days, right? SEO. I actually think SEO has just a, a bad connotation, right? Like the, the old days of keyword stuffing and creating bots and backlinks. It's just a complete disaster. And but the world has grown up today. Technology has caught up with a sophistication level that's far past anything five or ten years ago. And so, uh, and, and people also just say, "Well, SEO strategy is going to take six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four months." Right? It's just not true anymore. It, it goes back to the alignment. So it doesn't necessarily take that time. Immediate results are are very possible. We yeah. have customers that sometimes go to page one literally overnight. It is insane. Why? Because they're organically aligned with that customer. Um, so I, I, that's why we built Demand Jump is to is to get rid of all of that noise and, and markers pulling their hair out, trying to to download a bunch of data and to understand that data, and how can we just automate that piece mm. for people? Well, you know, on the B two B side, I think that the the, the the approach of questions is is like it's. It's like it's like you're a non-starter if you don't you're not addressing with things like FAQ schema things like that. We've seen in ten minutes people answer a question go from nowhere to you know number one on, on a particular term. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, so I can see you know, but you know they have to have a site that that is got some authority to begin with though, right? We we haven't seen that, of course now somebody's technical website, you know, you got to have decent page load speeds, et, et cetera. But no, I mean, we, we, if, we, if, we, if, we, I, we, if I sat down and created a site tomorrow and then used your software, would, uh, would you get, would be getting some results from them the next day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. So we work with startups to fortune 500 companies, right? Mm-hmm. We have some of the biggest household names that in the world that are customers and startups that you've never heard of before. And we've literally, put them on the first page if sometimes overnight. And it's not an exception. Like it happens frequently. Um, and many, many times, uh, like I probably said seven out of 10 times, they're on page one with something that's important to them inside of 30 days mm-hmm. because it's aligned. Interesting. Yeah. Well that, I mean, that's, I mean, historically there's the concept, you know, we, we, I use the expression, the, the internet is a gaping maw that you throw content into. So you have to create a lot of content. You don't think that's true anymore? Nope. It's not true. I'll just give you, I mean, take, just take a demand jump, for example. So we decided to go after marketing attribution first. So when we were looking at our platform, we're like, okay, content marketing's super competitive. You know, and we looked at multiple versions of content. So we looked at content marketing, content creation, content execution, content strategy. These are all very different topics. And then we looked at marketing attribution because we have that in our platform as well. And so we decided to go after marketing attribution first, which was highly, highly competitive globally, but a little bit less competitive than content marketing. And I think we initially stood up, you know, this is demand jump going up against the biggest names, or you can go Google marketing attribution and see who's on the first page. And we were number one for a long time. And recently we just went back to number two, I think it was. Um, but we did that with 40 pieces of content. 40 pieces of content. We went to page one and we've stayed there. Now we've, we've, we've increased and maybe we're up to, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 pieces at this point over the course of a year. But that's just an example, you know, content creation again with roughly 40 pieces of content, highly, highly, highly competitive went to page one. Wow. You know, uh, I have a couple, I have some questions about content that, you know, one of them is, 
You know, I have customers come to us and say, well, we want to do this SEO, but we want our content really to be about our brand value, our brand voice, <laughs> our brand, brand, brand. Do you think that should be the lead in the content strategy? Completely backwards. Yeah. So, so I mean, the time to talk to your about your brand is once your target buyer gets there. They're, you're never going, well, I shouldn't say you're never. 90 points, let's just go back to the stats, right? There's four and a half billion million blogs being written today as we speak. 90.63% of web pages and blogs get zero traffic. And there are a lot of B2C companies out there. If you're listening to this, I love you. But you got to change the thought process. Leading with your brand is a loser today. It used to be a winner. Today, it's a loser. You, you Again, you've got to lead with the pain of the target buyer. And if you do that, and then you can talk about your brand once, once they land on your website, when you have your beautiful product there, they can easily click a button and buy because you, I'll just like use lipstick as an example. The most powerful question in the world for lipstick is what does lipstick stand for? It's not Revlon or Maybelline or whomever. It is what does lipstick stand for? If there's any lipstick manufacturers out there, I can show you exactly what to write for that piece of content. If you write that, you are going to attract massive content and stick a beautiful little buy button for them to buy your wonderful product. Talk about your brand once they get there, after you've established that digital trust. Fabulous. Sorry, that's got well, a little passion we'll on Joseph. <laughs> no, it sounds like it. I, I agree with you. No, it's, uh, I, I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, um, yeah, we, have some, we can discuss, you know, uh, brand loyalty over time and content to support that. Uh, but anyway, um, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up with uh, some of the other things that you're doing. Awesome. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. My guest, Christopher Day. So before we move on, I just wanted to ask you something about it. Um, so you can tell 
people a lot of what content to write and actually sort of the nature of what should be in that content. But there's a lot of other things that go into content, like behavioral science, creativity, you know, things like that. Is that something that your software can do? Or is there still room for the human and the scientists and the psychologists to be involved in creating content? I love that. That's a great question. So um, we very, very passionately believe that content creation is about two things, science and art. Or I love your word, storytelling. We think the same way. So there's a science aspect of it to kind of know what the components we need to include are, but there's absolutely that overlay of the storytelling, the art, the human element of then how to make, how, how to bring it to life, right? Make it jump off the page and be engaging. We definitely agree with that. We're, we're working on um, some automated content creation. We've been mm-hmm. working on it for about 18 months. I think we're getting close to something, but we don't, we don't think that replaces a human at all. Mm-hmm. It just helps get the human a little farther down the road. So then they can bring their magic to it. That storytelling. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. I, be, I, I view that uh, for the foreseeable future, you know, that we're, you know, writers got to start viewing themselves as cyborgs, but not being replaced. Right. Yep. They're, they're going to be uh, odd, you know, augmented by uh, AI and these tools. But I think uh, it's going to help them be much more efficient. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if they're writing stuff and they're getting paid for it, in theory, it would it would help their production by two, three, four X. Mm-hmm. And so they can be much more efficient and make some more money to go. You know, oh, yeah. They got a couple of years. They got a year or two, maybe even five, where they can be doing the same thing that they're doing now in terms of charging, but reducing their time by five. Yes. Make a lot more money. This is a this is a, a time right now for writers to uh, just some bank, make some bank, right? That's right. Time to make haze right now. <laughs> oh, this is the time. Oh, yeah. So um, cool. So let's talk a couple else. A couple other things interesting to me. So uh, you know, this has been a pandemic world, and you've been doing uh, some speaking and uh, and moderating. How's that working for you? You know, I, I love it. Um, I uh, the pandemic's been interesting, and I I think you know, at least for what I do for a living, extremely blessed that we're able to do it in a remote environment. But um, but I have been doing a lot of guest appearances on podcasts you know, over the last couple of years. Um, I, I think people, I think at the pandemic helped people to kind of take a moment to step back and, and, and realize they're kind of tired of the rat race, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're tired of false promises that, that, that people talk about with technologies. Um, and I, I, things were moving so fast. I just, I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes, um, to a lot of things, a lot of different things in their personal and professional world. And so I'm just trying to do things that if I can just bring a, a little bit of experience sharing, you know, to people um, that helps make their lives better, then, I mean, there's a lot of pleasure in doing that. And, and I engage with various podcasts, et cetera, as well, right. To, to take a moment, step back and, and reflect or think, you know, how could we do better things, you know, at demand jump or in my personal life. So um, yeah, I just, I, I think at a high level, Markers, if I bring it back to marketing, I think markers have been underserved for decades and they they just want something that is going to remove guesswork and replace it with knowledge and help them sleep better at night. I saw a um, a quote from one of, our, one of our customers and actually our own leader, our own marketing leader has said this multiple times over the last year, but he he's like, I can sleep better at night. I go to bed more confident that the decisions I made today are actually going to work than I ever have before. 
And we actually heard that from a prospect that just became a customer with a one call close. He's like, you know what? I think I want to sleep better at night. It was I'm actually going to put that as my favorite quote of the week on uh, LinkedIn today. Um, but yeah, like sleep is cool. Yeah, it's cool again. People used to talk about, oh, you know, pulling all nighter, and there's like some badge of honor. No, that's not really cool. Uh, actually, you need your sleep to 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 be able to operate at the top of your game. That's the promise of AI in general, robotics. I mean, that, that our f- future is supposedly we'll be able to do more with less and, and uh, you know, and, and less, and less, you know, personal, you know, impact on our lives. So, you know, the danger is that we, that replaces us and we don't have uh, productive things for our society, which could be dangerous. Yeah. So uh, you have started a podcast called page one or bust. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we're super excited about it. Um, so we, we, we literally just launched it last week on the, uh, the first episode uh, but page one or bust is is all about why do we, the concept is why do we do marketing at all, right? The concept of why we do marketing is we want people that haven't heard about us to learn about us and understand that we can help solve their pain or fulfill their desires, whatever it might be, and build digital trust and get them interested in engaging with our team, right? To maybe become a customer and part of the family, either immediately or, or over time. And so we have all kinds of people um, I think we've done about six or seven pre-recordings already. So they'll start coming out every two weeks, but we're, we're inviting guests that are CEOs to writers, to marketing leaders, CFOs, VCs. So people from all of these different walks of life that think about like, what is their viewpoint or vantage point on the only appreciating asset mm-hmm. in marketing, which is content, which SEO content. It's the only appreciating asset if you do it right. Right. And so how they all think about it because they've all, they've all been burned and all have horror stories. And so we're just trying to expose those old stories of, of where, where it failed. And then, Hey, there's a yellow brick road. There's a beautiful light at the end of this tunnel. And there's a much more efficient way to do it. And if we can just help, you know, if we can help expose that to the world, um, that's, that's why we're doing it. So we're super excited. So revolutionaries, you're, you're, you're secretly uh, leading a revolution. That's kind of fun, right? That's good. It's, it's a blast. It's just, it is just a blast. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Demand Jump? So um, another thing we're excited about is we're building a center of excellence. And so, you know, today we have, um, I think we're getting close to 40 agency partners all across the globe. And we're building out a center of excellence um, to, to help just show people these best practices and how they can literally just enter a topic, right? It runs this network, you get this data, and this is how you put that into action. And so we're really excited about that because we want to go from, you know, 40 agencies to 400 to 4,000 to 40,000, right? So there's a big initiative. Um, We plan to have the initial uh, center of excellence launched here probably the next 60 days max. So we're super excited about that Um, because we like to say we're not here to write the world's content. We want to help power the world's content. So we, we do have some writers in house to help people just get started if they don't have a connection, but we want to empower all of our agency partners to deliver these results for companies all across the globe. Fabulous. So if somebody wants to uh, follow you, reach out to you, uh, understand what you're doing, where are they going to reach you? Yep. On LinkedIn, uh, they can find me at, um, so Christopher Day, CEO of Demand Jump. If they search that, they'll find me on, on LinkedIn. Um, also on Twitter 
And um, our company website website is demandjump.com. And then page one or bus can be found on any place you listen to podcasts. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us today. All right. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to find out more about your software. I signed up for a, a trial and I'm going to play with it. I already, uh, already did my first uh, search. So I've got some interesting results. I love the fact that it would told me you know, what some low hanging fruits are for some of the pages and uh, I'll see how that, uh, that works. Awesome. And, Sounds great, Joseph. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to, to hang out with yeah. you today. So uh, you can find out more about this podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth, at wisecontentcreateswealth.com, as well as at the galileotechmedia.com website. We also have a Facebook page uh, called, uh, it's facebook.com slash wisecontentcreateswealth. We are part of the talkradio.nyc network, which is a a daily uh, live podcast. Uh, station, um, you know, talkradio.nyc and find all sorts of podcasts that are, that are beamed out live um, and also then recorded and available, you know, and, uh, you know under the shows. Uh, but they have really a great variety of shows. So it's a network that includes self-help, business, um, travel. I have another podcast on this network called Gateway to the Smokies, um, that uh, that airs on um, on um, on uh, Tuesdays from six to seven, and it's about uh, tourism and and having fun in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. And of course, this podcast, Wise Content Create Wealth, is every Friday from noon until one, um, and we have some great podcasts, understanding content and marketing. It's uh, been a great pleasure to be here, and we'll see you next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc. 
for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.